Welcome to episode 18 of the British Ultra Running Podcast. So today's special guest is Camille Heron. Camille set the world 24-hour record at the weekend at Desert Solstice by running 262 kilometres. The previous world best was Patricia Berezhnovska, who had 259.9, I think, K. And Camille passed that with about 14 minutes to go. Um, Dan, have you raced with Camille before? Never. No, no. Hopefully I'll get a chance in October, maybe at the World Championships. But no, I mean, I've watched her race and, and uh, been little, like, seen a, what she break the 100 mile record last year was it last year yeah yeah she set the world 100 mile record at tunnel hill last year with 1242 then uh, there's a solstice last year she set a new 12 hour women's record and a number of other u.s records on the track en route to that and she stopped last year at 12 hours uh, this year she came in going for the full 24 and she ran I think it was 13.25 for the 100-mile split, which is almost bang on eight-minute miling. Um, won the event overall with the time, uh, distance of 262k. Uh, she's undoubtedly capable of doing, of she's, doing more. She's undoubtedly the world's best 24-hour runner. She yeah. is. She is. Um, yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to get an insight into how she gets herself into that kind of shape and particularly yeah. mentally she seems incredibly tough and it would be good to know where that comes from so yeah i guess so without further ado let's let's find out how uh camille heron how broke the world 24 hour record so welcome to episode 18 of the british ultra running podcast our first ever international guest and what a guest welcome camille heron Hi, hi! Thanks for having me. I'm, it's an it's an honor to be your first international runner. <laughs> first international runner and our first legit world record holder. Congratulations on setting <laughs> a new world record twenty four hour at the weekend at Desert Solstice. How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel? Uh, I'm I'm definitely feeling better today. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was it was hard to wrap my head around what I had just done on on Sunday because I mean that was by far the furthest I've ever run. So yeah, it was it was pretty mind boggling. So we mm-hmm. have um, just done a quick intro for you where we've recapped your uh, results and the last couple of years. We've mentioned the hundred mile world record and your twelve hour record. Did you start off with short road running before you moved into marathoning and then up into hundred k and comrades and what have you? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I started out as a road racer and, um, marathoner. So, um, I, my, my husband was a really good runner and he had made the Olympic marathon trials, um, back in 2004. And, um, I was, I was just a recreational runner at the time. Um, and we, we basically went out running together one day and he realized I was running further than him. And I'm like the recreational runner and he's like the semi pro runner. And he's like, well, how much are you running? And, um, you know, for fun, I was running 70 miles per week. And I don't know, you guys probably go by kilometers. I don't even know what that equates to. <laughs> no, 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 miles. miles is miles is good. Yeah. Oh, you go by miles. Okay. So, so anyways, the, the tables kind of turned that, um, my, my husband Connor started coaching me and, um, giving me workouts 
And um, I mean, I was a 19 minute 5k runner when I started. And um, I mean, I just started quickly improving. And it seemed like the further I raced, the better I did. So um, I mean, I started running 10k and 15k half marathon. And eventually I ran my first marathon in 2007 um, in 248. And it was a pretty good start. Um, <laughs> so, I, so yeah, so I ran, I was a road racer for a really long time. And I basically, I qualified for the Olympic marathon trials and um, three times and got my marathon time down to 237. And, um, I mean, I've run everything from like a 16, 46, 5k, um, road 5k and, um, you know, 237 marathon. So, um, but you know, I mean, the thing that was unique about me was I was running a lot of marathons. Like I wasn't running, you know, one or two marathons a year. Like I was running, you know, five, six marathons a year. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so that was, that was kind of what led me into ultra running was, um, I was doing all these back to back marathons pretty fast and recovering really quickly. And, um, it, everybody's like, well, you know, you're doing two marathons, like, back-to-back weekends you know that's like 52 miles you know why don't you give an ultra a try so and you were doing that you were seriously you were running a marathon on a saturday and then running again on a on a sunday as well yeah um yeah you know i actually never i've never done back-to-back days but i've done i've done like six or seven days apart and um i mean i've i've literally qualified for the olympic trials like back-to-back weekends and that sort of thing um, you know, it's, it's hard enough to qualify for the trials once, but to do it twice, um, you know, really mm-hmm. close together was, um, that was, that just kind of blew people's minds. So are you still running marathons, Camille, or are you, or are you just running ultras these days? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just kind of got swept away and um, since 2015, I've kind of got swept away into all the ultra running and trail running, um, and it's been really hard to get me back into, um, you know, that marathon groove and um, running shorter road races. Um, but I've been, I've definitely, since I've gotten into like 100 miles in 24 hours, um, I mean, I'm, I'm still doing a lot of speed work and I'm trying to, you know, maintain a little bit of turnover with my legs. Um, but, you know, if, if I tried, if I tried to run a marathon right now, it'd probably be pretty ugly. <laughs> <laughs> right now, probably. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, today. Uh, four days after you finished. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're going to, you're going to smash all the ultra world records. So maybe you'll have to go back and run some, uh, some road stuff there. Yeah? To, yeah. to, to, to break some more records, no? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to be breaking any world records at the shorter events, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved to eventually, I, I mean, I've made three Olympic marathon trials and I mean, I feel like, I feel like I, I got as far as I could as a uh-huh. marathoner. I mean, maybe, maybe I could get my marathon time down to like low two thirties or something like that. Um, but, but, you know, at this point I'm, I'm having so much success, you know, it's like, why don't I just continue you know, with, with what I'm doing and, you know, continue breaking ultra records. Cause it's, just you know a lot of fun so what you've achieved so far is just but i don't know if we've ever seen anything like it because <laughs> it's um it's not so much necessarily that you you know you're super fast over one distance it's your range um in 2015 you were world 50k champion 
You also ran a 5.38.50 mile and you were 100k world champion. And then since then, you've gone on to win Comrades. You've run 12.42 for 100 miles. And now you've stepped it up and, and gone the, the whole hog and <laughs> reset the world 24-hour <laughs> record. I mean, that level of uh, range, you know, from 50K through to 24 hours, I mean, perhaps Anne Trayson back in the day was, was you know, similarly successful, but you've, you've shattered all of her <laughs> times and she's wide, widely considered to be, you know, the greatest of all time. The sky is the limit, clearly. I mean, how, how <laughs> have you prepared yourself for you know, this journey and is, is the journey complete? Where do you go from here? Is it just to better at, uh, at everything or do you think there's a specific distance or type of race that you really want to focus in on now? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, my, my husband's telling me, um, you know, I need to, I need to put in a plug for our coaching website. <laughs> I, I, I've gotten so many requests about people wanting to know like how I'm training and how I can have such range, you know, going from, I mean, I, I, at one time I was a competitive 5k runner. I mean, I, I got down to where I, I was running, you know, under 17 minutes for 5ks and, um, you know, now I'm going up to 24 hours and I'm doing really well. So, yeah. um, you know, people want to know what am I doing that, you know, is maybe different from what other ultra runners are doing. Mm. And, you know, really, really what it comes down to is that I, I've kind of, I mean, I've really experimented with my training over the years and I found that, um, you know, when I, that, that basically sticking with marathon type structured training, um, keeping my long runs at 18 to 22 miles and um, continuing with speed work, you know, twice a week. Um, you know, and I, I, I run pretty high mileage, but I'm, I'm running twice a day every day. So I'm breaking up my training and, um, you know, my long runs or my, my typical runs are not that far. Um, but it's, it's something that's manageable. My training is very manageable for me and, um, it's important. I really find that it's important for me to, to feel good. You know, if I, if I start doing, you know, extremely long, long, uh, long runs, or I start, you know, running extremely high mileage, it just feels like it breaks me down yeah. and I feel tired. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting. So, so your long runs, Camille, they, they're never further than what, 20 20 odd miles. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd have to look at my training log, see what I did this time. But I mean, I like when I ran my hundred mile world record and when I won comrades, my longest training run was like 20.5 miles. Wow. Um, and, and I mean that that's hard for people to wrap their heads around. Um, but, but you know, I, I mean, I do quite a bit of quality in my training, a lot of speed work. Um, mm. you know, I'm, tr I'm, I found that, you know, I found a, a system that works for me and, you know, it works whether you're running a 5k or running 24 hours. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, it's now, now, you know, we're getting into coaching and we're just trying to convey and, um, you know, maybe change the, the philosophy of how people train and yeah. um, for ultras. So, I mean, consistency yeah. is obviously the key here, Camille, you've just been consistent. I, I read a tweet that you put out recently saying you'd averaged a hundred miles a week for the last 14 years. <laughs> And that is frankly really? astounding. I mean, because we we talk about it all the time that you're far better off doing seven 10k runs a week than one 70k run a week. You know, that's exactly. an extreme example. But you obviously have just found that way to keep 
keep fresh and stay, you know, keep the recovery times quick and move from session to session day to day and just uh, just accrue that huge aerobic base. <laughs> One thing that struck me, the lo- I've been to Desert Solstice the last couple of years and last year you were out, you missed a dinner because you were out running the night before oh. you were run- running the race. <laughs> And then, you know, you show up the track on race morning and you're there. You're warming up. You're putting laps away before you start the race and stuff. And it obviously comes from a place that you just clearly just love to run. Um, and do you, do you feel that that love of just be, being a runner and love of running is the most important thing? You, you alluded to the fact that you have to, you know, feel good to really get what you want. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, everybody, everybody remarks that, you know, it was like I smiled for the full 24 hours. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. I, find, I, I find that it's, it's easier for me to smile when I'm running slower versus, you know, like marathon pace or faster. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I, like you said, I've, I've run a hundred miles per week for like, I don't know, 12 years or something like that. Um, and so, I mean, I've been, I love to run, like everybody asks, you know, well, how do you do it? You know, is it, is it really grueling every day? And I, you know, for me, I mean, running, running is like meditation. Like it's therapeutic to me. I mean, I get out most, you know, 80 to 90% of the time I'm out there running easy and, you know, I'm enjoying the scenery. I'm, I'm just, you know, just kind of taking it all in. And, um, I, I laugh that, you know, I, I feel like, I, I'm like the mouse that gets on the wheel every day and just runs and runs and runs because they're like wired to do that. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I mean, when I, you know, I here I, you know, just ran 24 hours and, um, you know, it's a, it's definitely a painful thing to do, but at the same time, it was so cool for me to, to, you know, run through the night because I've never done that before. And, um, uh, for, for me, it was, it was, you know, venturing into the unknown and, um, you know, what am I going to experience? Like, you know, it, it started getting really, really hard, but at the same time, like I just kept smiling and just told myself to re- stay positive and, um, just enjoy the experience. So, I mean, from a race perspective, and this is something I really wanted to try to understand is you, you came into a hugely competitive event, having had just the most incredible, um, last couple of years. I mean, I know you've had some injury issues, but you've you've come back even stronger from those. It seems you're up against Courtney DeWalter, who's a U.S. record holder and one of the best. Similar to you, she's taking the sport to new levels all the time, a range of different formats. And everyone was sort of talking about there being a race between you and Courtney, but the reality was. You two were really racing everybody. You know, there was a men's and a women's race, sure, there always is. But the reality was that uh, some guys were going to have to have some pretty spectacular days to get (laughs) past either of you. So we had Zach Bitter, too. He was, you know, he's broken 12 hours on that track before. Uh, He was stepping up to 24 for the first time. And obviously, Patrick Reagan, who's a phenomenally talented runner, also doing the same. Did you find that you were in a race at any point? Were you aware of that? And was that part of the goal for the day? Or were you just literally, it's me against the clock? Um, you know, you're, you're definitely, um, I'm, I'm a competitor, like I'm a championship type runner. I, I go to a race like comrades and I'm out there to win, or I go to a world championship and I like, I want to win. Um, and so, you know, there, there were other, 
good runners in uh, at Desert Solstice. And to me, I've, I've, in, I viewed it as a championship type race where I want to bring my A game and I want to, you know, go out there and do something epic. Um, so I, I definitely like the competitive pressure because it, it helps to elevate me to another level. And, um, you know, I started, I started out the race like pretty motivated. And I mean, I, I felt like, I felt like I wasn't just, you know, racing against them. I felt like I was racing myself to, to push myself to the max. Yeah. Um, and I, be, because I'm, I'm, uh, for my hundred mile world record, I'm 9.7% off the men's world record. Um, which if you take 9.7% off Yanni's record, it's like 170 miles. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> that's, that's like way beyond the, the current <laughs> women's world record. So, um, and I, I knew, I knew that was going to be for me about 65 to 70% of, uh, max heart rate effort. Yep. Um, which is like a typical easy run pace. Um, and so I kind of went into the, I went into desert solstice with the mindset that I was out for an easy run for 24 hours yep. and so that was kind of that was how I mentally viewed the race and how I approached it that you know I'm just out for an easy run let's try to hold that pace as long as I can um and so yeah I you know even though there's other people in the race and uh I don't know you know what their what their goals were and what they were going for I was really pretty much focused on myself and um trying to you know maintain that easy run uh, type, type pace. So I, I've got a huge admiration for you, Camille, that you don't, you're not <laughs> constrained by the boundaries of really what's come before the fact that the women's, um, hundred mile world record, what was it before you broke it? It was about 13, 40 odd. You shattered it. I mean, you took an hour <laughs> off it and you're not afraid to go into a 24 hour and say, you know, to yourself and to others, look, I'm going out here to, to bust the world record, not, not just by a couple of kilometers, but, I'm aiming, you know, I'm aiming for 270 plus, you know, and that's knocking on the door of the U.S. men's national record. Um, yeah. Is is focusing now on a 24. Does 24 seem like the distance? You know, Yanis always said it's the first true ultra distance because up until, you know, 100 miles, even a little bit further, you could get by kind of on fumes. But this is the first, you know, legitimate hard ultra distance does that is that the way it feels to you does it feel like um the format that you want to focus on i i totally agree with him now that now that i've done it i i feel like 24 hours goes into a um it goes into a whole other like uh like mental and physical like um experience because you're you're you start you you go into running overnight and you're having to deal with sleep deprivation and hypothermia and your nutritional needs. And um, I, I personally found that my legs turned to rocks. My legs literally <laughs> felt like lead. And it became, I, I mean, I've, I've done so much research on Giannis and kind of what he described and what he experienced. And it really just became more my mind trying to will my legs to continue turning over. Um, and so it was a completely, I mean, I would, I would say, you know, from a physiological standpoint that if you're, if you're pretty good at a hundred K, 
you're 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 probably about two thirds of the way to what you know you you've probably got the potential to be a pretty good twenty four hour runner, and um, but but like like I said, it becomes more your mind uh, the further you go. And, um, you know, maybe I, I, I think I, I think I passed the litmus test, <laughs> you know, to, to find out, finding out that, you know, I might, I might have that, uh, I might be the, the same, same bird as, uh, Yanni's to, you know, go 24 hours and beyond now. So I definitely, I'm definitely inspired now to, you know, try to perfect the distance and, um, you know, try to get to 170 miles and, um, you know, do what Yanni's did 24 hours and beyond and go to six days and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. and, and Camille, you talk about your mind. Was it was, what did you, if going back to the race, was, was there any low points where you really had to work through in the race <laughs> or did it all go pretty smoothly? Uh, I wish I wish it had gone more smoothly than it did. Um, you know, I, I was I was on pace uh, for a good majority of the way, and um, probably about eighteen hours or so. Um, which I mean, I I'd heard you know two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning is kind of the the moment of truth, and um, you know where people uh-huh. people you know your body starts getting tired, and I think you're it's like your natural circadian rhythm, and um, where you you just want to go to sleep. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I hit this point about 18, 18, 19 hours where, um, I started getting dizzy and I think it was my body just naturally kind of shutting down and wanting to go to sleep. Yeah. And, um, I finally, I finally stopped. Um, and I told my husband, um, because they, they had gone to get some Taco Bell um, <laughs> so they ended up giving me a taco, uh, a double decker taco from Taco Bell, and um, they gave me a rogue dead guy L, and um, and I had to I had to walk like maybe three or four laps, and I was eating my taco and having a beer, and uh, and eventually I started to kind of feel my body like wake wake up a bit, um, and so then then I tried to get back running, and it was like oh my gosh, it was like my right hip flexor was like tight and uh, my legs just felt like lead. Um, <laughs> so that, I yeah. mean, I, they, they say I had about a 45 minute period where I was just like kind of out of it. And um, yeah, so I had to get myself back going and I, I literally could not like get my pace back down to what I was doing. And um, I was mm-hmm. I think I was hitting like eight thirty nine minute mile pace and um, before the break, and then after I stopped, I was hitting like ten minute miles. Um, so yeah, I, I basically had to soldier on the final five five to six hours at about ten plus minute pace. So the thing was, Camille, by that point, you know, Zach had dropped. He went through a hundred miles just ahead of you, but stopped shortly after. Pat Reagan, who looked so smooth all day, he stopped about you know eighteen nineteen hours in. Uh, Courtney had stopped really early. She said that her legs had just burned out from a big year. So you were racing yourself. You know, I know that um, the guys behind were were closing hard and some of the U.S. men's national <laughs> team runners were definitely having solid ends to their races. But you were basically out there on your own trying to, you know, forge a world record. Did it did it play into your mindset either um, that, you, you know, the race was kind of you were going to win the race and hopefully set a world record? And that there were got, there were people chasing you down, but also that you were kind of out there by yourself. Was it was it harder one way or the other? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, de- definitely. I, I, I've talked about this in other uh, interviews that I sort of felt deflated when um, when Courtney dropped out and then um, Zach dropped out, Patrick dropped out. And um, from a competitive standpoint, you know, when they were in the race, it really motivated me. And I, I was pushing pretty hard, you know, um, all right. day. Yeah. But, you know, once once they were gone, I felt I, I mean, I, I emotionally felt for them because, you know, it's kind of an intimate experience being on a track with everybody and seeing what they're going through. And, um, you know, maybe the, the human side is I, I personally felt for them that they were struggling and, you know, what they were going through. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was exciting for me to, to be um, leading the race, you know, eventually. Um, but, yeah, I definitely... From a from a fight or flight standpoint, I, I preferred having them in the race because it helped to keep me pushing really hard. Um, and and once once they were gone, it kind of I kind of felt like I lost that uh, that competitive drive to keep pushing myself. And um and then it and then it really just became like okay, you know, my legs can't turn over any faster. I've just got to hang in there and just you know hit that magic world record mark. So, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I did it. You know, I had 15 minutes to spare and, and yeah, it was pretty dang cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, amazing mental strength, Camille, because like we, me and James and, uh, Robbie were talking about this yesterday. It's so hard. Like when you talk about when you stopped in that and started walking, I find that <laughs> if I stop in a 24, I, I never get going again. I just can't get going. I have to keep keep moving the whole time and it's only where I can I can run for 24 hours but if I stop and walk that's <laughs> it for me I'm I'm gone yeah so to, to get yourself going again and to get yourself going again when there was kind of yeah when there's kind of no one motivating you to to sort of to, to push is yeah it's amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm well I'm, I'm definitely um, looking forward to going to the world championship now because you know I'm going to have so many other competitors you know both men and women and mm-hmm. I mean I I think it's going to elevate what we do you know to have so many amazing runners there um, you know, so I mean, it was it was pretty incredible to get as many amazing runners as we got at Desert Solstice. Um, but you know, going to the World Championship, it's going to be at you know an even higher level. And and so you know, yeah. maybe I, I I would hope that you know I it will help to propel me to that magic one seventy that I um, dream of achieving. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot from my first twenty four hour race, and you know what I would. <laughs> try try to keep myself moving through the night you know keep my legs turning over um yes. you know and, and then add in that competitive element of world championship and and just see if i can hit that 170 mark so. and it's um james will say as well it's quite the world championships it's it's an interesting competitive element as well <laughs> because you because it's kind of like there's a lot of people that go out like very very fast at the start of the world championships and it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a conundrum whether you go with them and and race them or you <laughs> let them go and and just wait for them to to blow up it's a yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting i think it's 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 hard to be too competitive at those world championships because then you end up running, 
like a maniac with people that only last for like six hours. So yeah, but it's going to be yeah. it's going to be fun to to watch you there and to, yeah. It's easy to forget that this was your first twenty four hour. Uh, to have yeah. got it that right the first time. I mean, I know it wasn't your like AA goal and that you know that you can go further, but to get it that right the first time is kind of unheard of. Where do you think the mental resilience that you have come from? Do, is it is it something you practice in training? Is it visualising the race? Is it? Do you do anything? You have got any techniques to, to get yourself to the, the mental place that you're able to get yourself to to forge these these things out? Or does it come from a background, do you think, or just a, a way of thinking? Yeah, I... I definitely think that I'm wired a little differently. <laughs> I mean, when I when I was a kid, um, so I grew up as a basketball player, and my dad and grandpa played basketball at Oklahoma State um, for Henry Iba, um, who was kind of a hard-nosed type of coach. Um, and so I grew up hearing stories from my dad about how they would practice without water for like six hours. Um, so when wow. I was a... When I, when I was a kid, I mean, I'm seven years old, you know, got my first basketball goal and I'm out in the driveway practicing um, in July, in the middle of the, the, the summer in the heat. And I mean, I would push myself until I would start to black out. And, you know, how many, how many other kids, how many other little seven-year-old kids, you know, especially girls, you know, would, would go out playing sports until they're blacking out? <laughs> Not, <a bit. laughs> I know. Not many. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, That's um, really interesting. So do you think this, this sort of, this stems from childhood? This is just something that is inherently a strength of yours? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I laughed because I, I would start blacking out and I would run inside and I would, you know, eat a sandwich, have a Coke and, you know, drink some sweet tea or something. And then I would, I would go back out and continue practicing. Um, so I, I, I already had the, you know, the mindset, but I also had the gut. <laughs> I had the gut, you know, I could, I could down a lot of food and, and get back out there and continue, you know, pushing myself. And I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of like, you know, GI distress or that sort of thing. Like I could just pound the calories, you know, even from a young age and get back out and keep practicing. So. And, and then that means you're able to do that now in the 24. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I'm interested. Like, obviously, like your nutrition. What, what were you, what were you eating on the on the uh, desert solstice? Yeah. I've, so I've had a Taco um, Bell. Other than Taco Bell, um, I uh, I pretty much I, I'm a science person, so um, I just try to follow what science the science recommends of getting in um, sixty to ninety five grams of carbohydrates per hour. And uh -huh. um, so I was pretty much just taking in um, a gel with water every thirty minutes, and then yeah. um, in between that, I was sipping on sports drink or soda. Um, or beer, um, and so I was. So, I, I love I was, your beer thing. How many how many beers did you have in your in the twenty four hours? <laughs> oh gosh, um, I probably had the equivalent of like two beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of my limit. I mean, I like 
I find if I if I have more than two beers in a race, like I start to get a little loopy. So is that like as a painkiller, or is it more about just like um, we call it taste fatigue, right? Where we say yes, you just get so yes. tired of sweet things that it just helps with the you know just reinvigorate taste buds. Yeah, I think I think it helps to settle your gut. I mean, you know, like you said, you, you've kind of you've been going having sugars for hours and hours, and you get kind of tired of having sugars, and you want something different. And um, I find that it just kind of helps to settle my gut. And um, okay. alcohol is also a vasodilator, so I think it helps. Uh, uh, sorry, uh. it's a it's a vaso vasodilator, so it helps your blood circulation. Uh-huh. Um, wow. And so. I know, I know <laughs> that might be hard to, to believe, but I find, I find that I actually have like a little bit more uh, mental clarity after I have a little bit of beer. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I've often, I've heard you talk before about having beers in races and then I, I've often thought that I'd give it a go, but <laughs> I'm, I'm rubbish. I can't, I don't drink that much anyway. So if I had a beer, I'd be, uh, I'd be off on one, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <I'd> be, <laughs> <laughs> it might be quite interesting. I can't wait to see you uh, drinking beer at the at the World Champs. I think that'll be brilliant as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a couple of beers when I ran Comrades. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I definitely I'll do it at my my peak races. I mean, it's it definitely has helped make a difference. So. Camille, what what else is 2019 going to hold for you? Because obviously we've got the world champs at the end of October in France. It's sort of nine, ten months away. Are you going to plan the year around that, or are you going to just carry on with a sort of racing calendar just that you you want to do that you're going to enjoy? Um, yeah, I, I definitely i i've got i've got probably about four really big races next year, and i i definitely want to go back to comrades and and try to defend my uphill title. Um, and so, yeah, my 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 biggest lifetime goal would be to do what Ann Trayson did uh, to win comrades in Western States in the same year. So. Yes. <laughs> So there, there's actually, I think there's three weeks between Comrades and Western States next year. So I'm going to um, go in, you know, trying to win Comrades. And, you know, Comrades is the harder one to win um, because it's more competitive. Um, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, if I I think my lucky stars, I was able, able to win it once. But, you know, to win it twice would be, you know, pretty incredible. So I, I hope I can go back and win that. And then three weeks later, um, I got into Western States. And so I'm hoping to, uh, you know, to finally, like, you know, to, that would be really, really cool to, to win that one as well. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my, my first really, really big goal for the year. And then um, I'm going to um, run Leadville in August. Um, and I want to go for Ann Trayson's course record there. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, her, her Leadville course record, um, is what they wrote the book born to run about, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's considered one of the iconic, um, records out there. And so, you know, I've been trying to chase her world records, you know, on, on the road and track. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to, you know, transition more to trail next year and try to go for, uh, you know, her, her course record at Leadville and also the course record at Western States. Um, so yeah. And then, and then, you know, like you said, I'm going to, I qualified for the world championship for 24 hours. So, 
uh, that's in October. Um, and so, yeah, I'm hoping I can go there and, you know, try to hit that magic 170 miles. So, yeah. I mean, that that's amazing. Some year, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the thing is, Camille, that you've proven that you can recover and come back and race at such a level. And it's just an understanding of your body. You've obviously dialed your training right in. Um, the other two biggest uh, facets to ultra run, in my opinion, the, the, the psychological approach and then the nutrition, getting the nutrition right, being able to eat and drink for 24 hours. Th those are the other things that you know enable you to run to this level, clearly. But it all just comes together into this incredible package and you're just able to deliver over and over again. Where you can take it, who knows? But clearly there's so much more to come and yet you're already at the pinnacle you know and beyond um, of all these different formats the other thing is you've got that massive aerobic base from basketball school all the way through you know so many years of running yeah yeah I, I definitely I mean I um, like I I've had so many people over the years and um, since I got into ultra running you know what what they want they want to be coached by me and and um, you know we started our coaching business in August um, and my, my husband is, you know, uh, we're kind of working together on this, but I mean, I, if we can change the mindset, you know, for how people view training for ultras and, um, you know, that's, that, that's kind of a cool contribution, you know, that I can make to the sport, you know, that maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's a better way to train and, and, you know, what, whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing right. I, I believe, it's you know, what's the name? So, What's the name of your coaching or the website that people yeah, go to? Yeah, so my, my coaching website is runwithcamille.com. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, and I, I've, got that, I've got that up on all my social media and, and stuff. So, um, but, yeah, we're, we're really excited to, to be giving back now and um, helping, helping advise people and, and change the mindset. So, yeah. Yeah, completely. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> So Camille, cool. we'll see you. We'll see you in October next year. Um, yeah, we're cool. See, see you. See what you can do. Um, see, see your show, Dan. How it's done. Um, Dan will be training <laughs> now because he'll want to. <laughs> just want to run with you. Um, okay, yeah. And, I'll, uh, meet, I'll meet you for a beer at uh, our <laughs> eight, halfway. Yeah? At, the, at the USA. <laughs> The USA tent, yeah. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the other thing here, Camille. You've got such a great team now, the US team, such strength in depth. We saw three or four guys run um, the men's team standard at the weekend, and, and, and it was really, it was such a high-achieving race. When you look back against last year, um, it was a completely different event this time, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. But just, I guess, Desert Solstice is, is a superb event, right? I mean, they just get Absolutely. it so right. Those guys, they really know how to put on the fastest possible conditions for everyone to compete against. Yeah. And, I, you know, another, another thing to mention, um, Jamil Corey, um, he had set up all these cameras on the track. And they, you know, it was almost like when I go, I've been getting online and watching the videos I mean, I don't know if I don't know if that's ever been done before. Like it was yeah, like it was watching. Amazing. What do you think? It was, what do you think I was doing for the whole twenty-four hours? Yeah, well, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching Jamil, and I was watching you. Uh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, really it, it impressive. Was, it was really fantastic. I mean, he had multiple videos, and um, you know, a video within a video, and um, you know, and so it kept it interesting, and um, uh -huh. you know 
it was I, I mean I've never seen anything like that and I, I I I almost laughed that you know is this the future you know of ultras like he just kind of showed us a glimpse of you know what what it could become and yeah and yeah that that was really cool so I think there is a demand for that. I think people will watch it. I think it's that exciting. I mean, I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> How can 24-hour running be exciting? But it was. You know, it you was. made it exciting. You put yourself on the line. You went out there and you just went for it from the gun. The other people you were racing, um, okay, many of the other top competitors did fall away. Uh, but that's 24-hour racing. You know, as many people won't finish as, or more people won't finish as, as have great races, um, uh-huh. And that's just so exciting to watch, and the drama that comes along with it. That those few laps that you walked, the question marks over whether it was, you know, that was it. Um, the way you sort of came back from that, surged back, and then broke the world record with 14 minutes to go. I mean, <laughs> ju- it doesn't get any better. It just no, it doesn't. And and you know, like like you said, I mean, there were so many different strategies of how people were pacing it. And so, like, you know, I had the mentality to go out like Yanni's Chorus did and run a hard 100 mile and then just hold on through the night. But then, you know, you had some guys behind me, you know, trying to hit 150 miles and they were they were hitting they were hitting pretty fast pace overnight and trying to compete with each other. And so it, it was surprisingly exciting um, you know, leading up to that 24 hour mark, I mean, you had two guys that were like right there with each other. Uh, you know, ha- you know, you, you would never expect to see like literally a sprint finish at the, you know, the end of a 24 hour event. But, I mean, that's kind of what it came down to yeah. for a couple of them. So, yeah. so Micah Morgan, she, she needed to run 240K, I understand. And she ran 240K on the nose to the meter. <laughs> And she, so she crossed the line, you know, with 23.59 something on the clock and then ran 103 meters apparently to, to run literally 240K. And Greg Armstrong yeah. and Nick Curry uh, were chasing each other. I mean, Greg had a few laps ahead of him. They were all competing for the men's team spots. And yeah. Nick Curry chased Greg to within 200 meters at the end. Um, and they yeah. were both clocking, you know, 7.30 pace for the last... 15, 30 minutes of the race. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just to have so was, little between people after that duration is staggering. It was incredible. And, um, you know, <laughs> I like I when I when I think about, you know, what what the sport will become. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe this kind of stuff will eventually be like popular, like marathons and maybe it'll be like televised you know, like people really get Imagine. into that. Um, yes, it's <laughs> just my so. dream, Camille, as well. Yeah, yeah. and Camille, you're making years that happen. Ago, you're years making... ago, thousands of people used to turn up to watch 24-hour races. And I, yeah. I think we need, to, we need to get back to that. Yeah, we need totally. to have stadiums full of people and that pay-per-view. Yeah, and yeah it's, <laughs> I, I think it's such a it, – it sounds like the most boring thing to watch. But it, when you're actually there, when you're running it, when you're – when you're watching it, it's so exciting. It's just, it's just <laughs> it really cool. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great honor to, to get to speak to you so soon after setting uh, <laughs> a, a world record and, and a record that was, you know, has been edged up over recent years. It's just an, an upward curve. You're taking the sport to new levels and it's just so exciting mm-hmm. to watch 
So thanks for being the runner that you are. And thanks for telling us how you did it. <laughs> and the very best of luck yeah. for next year. It'll be, yeah, we can't wait to see how you go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for yeah, having thank me. You. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll, I'll see you guys next October then. See you then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have a happy holiday. You Take too. care, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.